77 um, commercial flight from California to Japan uh, I'm gonna be your um, captain Dala and I'm joined by my two co-pilots you'd like to introduce yourselves ah uh, yeah this is your co-pilot gym leader Nate uh, we'll be flying at about 10,000 feet today uh, And uh, anything from our other co-pilot? Ding! Uh, yeah, Gibbledang here, you know, it's going to be a beautiful day today. Uh, we got a little bit of turbulence, but but don't you worry about that, because uh, at, the, at the first inconvenience, first, you know, slight bump of turbulence, uh, the cyanide capsules will be handed out, so you can, you can go ahead and start taking those just whenever you get the, uh, just a wee bit anxious. Ding! When in doubt, the cyanide is always, uh, your way out. Ding! <laughs> yes, remember, you always want to give the cyanide capsules to the ones next to you first before you serve yourself, just to make sure it's a very thorough... That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and also I want to, you know, as we were flying to Japan, I just want to send a reminder to all clowns in the plane that you will be detained um, once we arrive, as clowns are not allowed in Japan. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Notoriously. Unfortunately, you will be shipped off to the gulag immediately. Um, they will turn you into soup. They will... They're going to turn you into clown soup. And uh, mm -hmm. our in-flight meal for the night is actually going to be clown soup. So take this as a warning. Um, Ooh, yum. <laughs> if it tastes funny, then it's normal. If it, yeah, if it tastes funny, then it's a good soup. It's a good clown soup. <laughs> If, uh, in case of an emergency landing, uh, we have prepared holy documents from various religions underneath each seat. Please begin praying at your leisure. Uh, we probably won't crash safely. Uh, we're not very good pilots. Uh, thank you. Yes, yes. And we'll definitely be crashing and burning. We definitely do that a lot. <laughs> well, we cut to so we cut podcast. to three gents in the airport. <laughs> yeah, we cut to to Gibbledang, Dalla, and Jim Leader Nate. Fuck, we missed our flight, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll just have to do our podcast. Damn it. <laughs> well, how's y'all's week been? Sorry, right. I heard that. I heard those pilots had like one star reviews, which like usually they don't even let pilots get reviews, so it must be important. I yeah, know. I was looking forward to the cyanide. Yeah, true. 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 It's part of the experience. <laughs> I was gonna say this is like uh, how we afforded though the like the flights to Japan. It's just the one star, like pilots, you know. Yeah, true. That's how you get those cheap flights. You got the the one one star <laughs> cyanide flights. Oh yes, That's the only way to go. How's y'all's week been? Any uh, takers? I'm throwing it's out been... the line. Anyone's <sighs> been gonna nibble on that line? It's been good. It's been a uh, bit of a busy week, you know. Just. Uh dang here, just spending most of my time just working, you know, trying to uh, catch up on 
just life and responsibilities. Um, Damn, I wish I had more to say about my week. Um, yeah, you got Madam Webbs. Yeah, that's true. We did see Madam Webb. Um, damn, I, well, by the time this episode would have came out, you know, Madam Webb would have been out for two weeks, I think, now. Um, but yeah, Dahl and I saw Madam mm-hmm. Webb. It was uh, one of the funnest movies that I've... Well, it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but one of the funnest times I've I've had at a theater in a long time. Experiences. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I want to get into it a little bit more uh, on next week's episode. It's going to be a Madam Web-themed episode, so look out for that. Um, Ooh. But yeah, you know... A webisode. Oh, a webisode. Madam Webisode. Ooh, nice. there you go. Uh, you know, I might, shit, I'd, I'd be down to watch it again. It was that fun. Um, <laughs> I need to go see it. Yeah. <clears throat> Real see, bad. I, it's, it's fun because we saw it in a theater alone. So we were talking normal volume and yelling from across yeah. the theater at points. That's like perfect. to each other, not just from yelling. the top of the, yeah, you could just say whatever you want <laughs> from the top of the seats exactly. to like me at the bottom, just being like, Hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> What's happening? you missed nothing in fact you're probably less confused yeah honestly gone you you missed you missed the superfluous information that would have just confused us (laughs) yeah i wish i I did want to say one joke that i my okay to toot my own horn a little my favorite joke and it's not even from madam webb it's from the commercials was uh the commercial for or trailer for despicable me 4 came (laughs) on (laughs) <laughs> and it's like it's it's steve carell's like I, you know it's like oh Groot's back in action but things have changed and he <laughs> i can't even i'll give it back to you don't what it's so I'll, fucking ridiculous. i'll go <laughs> so it's it's it starts with like Gru kind of being like, and like, oh man, yeah, like back in action, you know. And he's like, we have our minions, we got the little girls, I got the wife. What's missing? And then the wife turns with, the, and she has a baby in like the saddle. But I joked to Gibbleding, I was like, watch it be yellow. And he was like, he has like one eye, and he's like, oh, look, I love my baby. And it's like Jesus, like, just like fucking killed me personally. <laughs> that was funny. What? So good. I still don't understand. Yeah, I think what you might have flubbed the explanation. What you said. The, he he so I'm fine <laughs> it's in the trailer it was like foreshadowing like gru's gonna meet the gru's get, there's another bun in the oven and gru's gonna have to face his biggest yeah. challenge yet and then he's like all right girls and all right family i'm home and then she's like the wife's like oh i'm so happy <laughs> to see you and you can see that she's got like a baby bjorn on and she turns around, and yeah, uh-huh. after being heavily alluded to that Guru has a son, we were just like, oh, it'd be so funny if, like, the moment she turned around, it was just a yellow baby. Like a minion. Like, she... Because the minions. Uh, oh. <laughs> That's why it's, it's just one eye. Yeah. I see. We were... <laughs> at, first, at first, I thought you so said I... that it it was a minion when she turned around and oh. that was the big plot twist and i was like i've got to see this movie now <laughs> no yeah that's why i was like it'd be great if he got like i don't know cucked by a minion but not didn't know or you know just <laughs> that so would be stupid. pretty great they just thought they were helping <laughs> yeah yeah that's right <laughs> uh, nice. um <laughs> yeah she had banana that night that's, uh, that's uh, what, what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? To... No, that was it. Just, you know, look forward to the Madam Web review. 
coming out next week. Nice, nice. Yeah, same. Yeah. Well, for me, uh, just honestly, not a whole lot. Bit of work. Bit of, you know, bit of hanging around the house. You know, getting my getting my vaccines. I'm a vaccinated boy. Ooh. Um. I'm no all, germs over here, baby. I'm all plugged up with the microchips and the and the um, what's it called? The, what's it called that they steal from the kids? The adrenochrome. Yeah, I got my adrenochrome pumping through hell? my veins. Um, uh, I'll read up. It's the truth. It, you know, God, you need to you need to study our our Lord and Master Apparently. Q. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh Q. Okay, I was like Q, what the fuck are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's part of the whole Q and I think. But yeah. Uh yeah, I got got that done cuz uh cuz of my trip. So, you know, going to be going to be heading back home for a little visit uh cuz of a, a wedding in the family. So, Ooh, yeah, it's your wedding too, right? Yeah, surprise i actually look so i actually just saw it's probably fake but i just saw a post online mm-hmm. that was literally that where um oh. it said my dad and my mom showed me their their wedding picture and the picture the guy was like dressed in like a polo and just some jeans but she was in a full wedding dress and he was like dad why weren't you dressed up and he was like your mom invited me to the wedding but she didn't tell me who was getting married till i showed up nice <laughs> Oh, nice. I think I've seen those, too. That's hilarious. I wouldn't like, be surprised if that's, like, real. Probably it's fake, like, but fucking... I feel like could be real. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one to... It could be either way, really. Oh, but yeah. my bitch wife. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I met her. That's how we fell in love. That's, that's how it happened. Yeah. I knew right and then. we've been fighting ever uh, since. <laughs> um, I... I've also just been trying to, yeah, just get, like, stuff done in terms of I have to get, like, my car registration and stuff done and, like, just BS errands like that. Um, And then uh, getting everything booked for the trip and stuff, too. That's been that's been interesting. And then also just, you know, my normal getting uh, lost in my video games and trying not to... Stare at them for so long that my brain melts into a gelatinous <laughs> pudding. So yeah, what what game are you on right now? It it doesn't it just never it doesn't matter any game honestly. I'll just I'm so it's <laughs> okay. so easy to sink in right like uh, we just yeah. played Pal World for like or sorry uh, Minecraft for like four or five hours and it was just like I was like either I'd stop now or I play for the next forty eight hours straight. <laughs> there's there's yeah. no, no in between. I feel like that's one that's like you can't just play for like five minutes really if go with Minecraft. No, because like you, you get nothing done. To, yeah, so it's like all and, or nothing. Yeah, exactly. So and we we're playing on creative mode, so it was, of course it was just easy peasy, just absolute free ball and just <laughs> building immediately <laughs> building a castle as cool as I can possibly make it up on a hilltop like the classics, yeah. you know. <laughs> nice but other than that um you know not a whole lot it's been it's been a a week where i've been incredibly tired all week and i've been sleeping all the time um yeah like that's they'll do it i don't know it was this like i i 
got one really bad night of sleep one night and basically for the rest of the like it's like five days since <clears throat> i've just been exhausted <laughs> perma exhausted you need to get like some kind of i don't know if there's like a pal world like item to for like tired p- pals you gotta get that shit like medicine oh, or steroids something like that caffeine yeah. drugs it's probably we're just steroids because yeah, they could get depressed which is they could get depressed they could get like conditions and shit like that which is stupid but mm-hmm. yeah I, were we talking about it last time when i said i wish when i got depressed somebody would put me in a pal box and just retire me i'm not sure <laughs> but that sounds <laughs> nice <I forget>. <laughs> <laughs> just like melt you just turn you into raw energy and put you in a computer and suspended animation anytime you're depressed like oh thank you that's the the kind of quality rest i need (laughs) yeah just standing in your idle animation only Mm -hmm. i need to i need to t-pose for four days in (laughs) suspended in darkness weightlessness (laughs) nice that was that was all for my week pretty chill i feel like i've had similar where it's like i've also been trying to get stuff done like I, you know, went to the doctor, got checked out. They took actually the one funny enough. This leads to something I did want to talk about is I took my car to get the oil change, mm-hmm. and just I fucked up. <laughs> uh, what do you mean you fucked I up? I was. <laughs> it's more. It's just something I was like. I'm like cringing over. It's fine. That's whatever. I was waiting in the waiting the lobby or whatever. It's it, it was like a long ass fucking oil change, like way longer than it should have taken. Uh-huh. Uh, and even the mechanics were like, yeah, sorry, we're like busy. I think they gave me like a discount because they were like taking so long. But I brought my like earbuds so I can like watch stuff just kind of pass the time. Sure. And there was a point where I was like watching something. Like I was on Instagram watching Reels. And I was like, huh, it's weird. Some of them like they would work with the audio and sometimes they wouldn't. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know why it's like it would work and then it wouldn't. And so I was watching this one. I actually just sent it to you guys like right now if you guys want to check it out. <laughs> but uh, uh-huh. it was hella funny. And I was like, oh, I've seen this one before. But I was like, yeah, I want to see it again. And it's this guy that's like, oh, what is it? It's like, uh, I'll play it here, but also say it in case you guys can't hear it. Um, tough time never lasts. Only tough people last. <laughs> so that's the one That's the one you were playing? Oh, yeah. yeah, so I was playing. I was watching that, like trying to hear it, and I was kept turning up the volume, like, why the fuck? I really want to hear it because it's funny because the guy's like, you know, it's just, blah, blah. and that's when it like dawned on me. I was like, oh shit, it's hooked up to my car's Bluetooth, probably. <laughs> they, they probably just turned on the car. Hell so I'm just yeah. sitting there with a the mechanic, just like hearing like tough times never last, <laughs> tough people. Just blasting it, probably. <laughs> just like, god damn it. You know what? You probably inspired so, a few extra souls that day. Then. True. Some people. Oh, that guy was like ready to quit. <laughs> exactly, and then he heard that inspirational message. And he's like, "You know what?" Yeah, I was literally was like, "Thank God!" Like, I, I was hella nervous. They would come out and like look at me all like, what, "You fucking idiot!" Or like, "You fucking embarrassing ass." <laughs> We're actually not shit. gonna fix your engine. But it, We're not gonna change oil. We put the oil back it. in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the old oil the, the, old the black oil, yeah. sludge get out of here with your games <laughs> we made, yeah we put more yeah you fucking weirdo what kind of weird shit are you into we actually used the uh, we put double the amount of used oil from other cars in, back <laughs> into yours <laughs> yeah the wrong oil too or something <laughs> so, we filled it with uh, gasoline we don't give a fuck 
<laughs> but yeah, that, that, you know, just kind of to be responsible, like you guys said, to just kind of keep up with shit. Um, trying to think. Oh, and then yeah, there were two movies actually I did want to highlight a little bit. I did. I saw Lisa Frankenstein in theaters. Mm. Pretty good. It's it's like a Edward Scissorhands, like modern day version of that. I guess. I mean, if, I don't know if people don't, if you don't know, the premise is that it's like '80s. This goth chick resurrects like a corpse, or corpse gets resurrected mm-hmm. and falls for her. But then there's that plot of like she likes this other guy, and so she and the Frankenstein are gonna team up and try to get her to date the guy at first, and then things happened, and it gets kooky. It's cool. It's cute. It's funny. Uh, there was a part in the movie theater because it was in the theater. This lady just like laughed out loud. She's like, "I want to own this on Blu-ray when it comes out." And I was like, Jesus "Why are you talking Christ. like this?" Like, <laughs> anyone agree? Yeah, isn't this shit anyone? hilarious? Anyone? <laughs> Let's have a movie night at my house in like two months when this shit comes out. Everyone, <laughs> it's like what? I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's flawed movie though. I will say, um, but I I do hope it like does well in Zelda Williams because I think direction wise it looked cool. The music's great. It's you know, a lot of eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks cool, like lighting and camera like placement. It's just the plot is kind of. I think things got cut out potentially. Mm-hmm. or something cha- got changed um the other one i saw actually that i really fucking got stoked of the other day i just kind of on tubi i watched the curse oh sorry the curve it's an because i was kind of feeling like a late 90s 2000s like scream-esque where i know what you did last summer movie i found this one on tubi and it has matthew lillard the premise is that there's a college campus where if your roommate commits suicide you get a 4.0 gpa automatically because of like the trauma mm-hmm. from it and so Matthew Lillard and a few other people team up to like frame a killing as a suicide to get a 4.0 and it's just fucking goofy. <laughs> it's like really bad overly acting acting from like everyone but like in a good way. Like legit fun time. Yeah, that's right. You were telling us about that. That sounds, that sounds hilarious, honestly. I love Matthew oh, Lillard yeah. too. Yeah. Even when he's like phoning it, his you could tell he's like whatever, I'm going to just have fun <laughs> with this. It's like a good one. Um, I actually forgot. I, I highly recommend it. There was a, uh, mm-hmm. I did watch a movie called Spree this past week, uh, starring Joe Curie. He's uh, he's from Stranger Things. He's the guy with the big hair. Where did he come out? Yeah, he's like the one of the cooler guys from Stranger Things, like the bigger brother to, um, not an actual not an actual bigger brother to uh. the characters, but I don't know. But yeah, his name's Joe Keery. Um, he basically plays a uh, a streamer that is like streaming him like picking up people on this app called Spree. It's the name of the movie mm. too. Uh, but he he's basically mm-hmm. he's obsessed with trying to become famous and grow his like channel, um, and and like constantly get like streamers and stuff. So at one point he uh, he just goes crazy and starts like kidnapping and killing people and like live streaming everything. Oh, but it's like it's ins- it's like a comedy thriller. It's not like it's Ooh, not like okay. super dark or anything. It's very goofy. Um, the writing is writing's pretty cringe at times. But um, basically, mm-hmm. yeah. So he starts killing people on stream, but he's such a small streamer that like no one like he at like the first day. No one. Noticed. I think the first like half of the day he like he kills like ten people and like no one's like. <laughs> No one's just watching his no stream, yeah. Which is oh interesting. It's interesting, yeah. but um, huh. 
Yeah. It was uh it was pretty cool. Some of the writing can be like too on the nose and too like meh. But you know, that's it, it was a good movie. It doesn't take itself too serious itself no. though, in a good yeah. way, like for its benefit. What did you stream it on anything or uh the seven seas, my friend. Nice, nice. Uh, you sailed nice. to the you watched it on international waters. Yeah. The only reliable place these days. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Like I yeah, oh God, what was that? I was having trouble finding. I like couldn't find Naruto Shippuden on anything the other day when I was trying to watch it. And it was so frustrating because mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like this should be everywhere. And I finally found it on Hulu. But then, I of course, uh, the Hulu version I have, uh, you know, I pay oh. for it, but it still has ads. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's super awesome and uh i've never wanted to increase the price from like i think it like goes from like nine bucks to like 15 bucks or something like that if you want to pay for it with no ads so i was like i've i've never upgraded it because i'm just like i'm just gonna go watch this on my computer like this is like yeah it's just like they're just making it less convenient it's so annoying sorry tangent over no you're good i was i was <laughs> say honestly i got annoyed that max like hbo max did that like not long ago so there's ads mm-hmm. now on hbo so i'm like cool actually i was watching something the other day and there was like one ad but it wasn't even until like almost towards the end of the movie where the per- me and we were just like what the hell like it was in a movie it was, <laughs> yeah it was a movie and it was like towards <sighs> the end it was like the latter half so it was just like abrupt like wait what the hell like i forgot we were not watching this like on disc or where elsewhere for that matter it's so crazy so because, like, if any consumer had any say in what and how, like, streaming developed, there would never mm-hmm. be ads involved in the process. Like, ads yeah. on the video itself, it's like, there's, it would, no one would ever choose that. And it's just so funny yeah. how, like, I don't know, how, like, how much they don't really need to, uh, like, listen to customer input or anything because they're just like, you're gonna, oh, totally. you're still gonna use it. <laughs> yeah no honestly like i will say the one streaming site that i i don't mind ads is Tubi, and that's because everything there is free to stream because yeah. of the ads so it's like tv that's different. and whenever i watch something on Tubi, i usually pick trash like the curve or something like just kind of whatever you know so it doesn't yeah, matter if you're paying a subscription but that's why i'm like if i'm ads. paying yeah it's they're always bad to it hbo ones i feel like I've, whenever i have seen a movie that has ads they're always like badly placed too, so it's like, all right, fucking whatever. <sighs> oh well, it's just yeah. gonna all be, and it's just gonna be cable again. Give it another fifteen. <laughs> basically, years. I mean, basically, because now, now I think uh, some of the like HBO Max and things like that, like there's some people who are like starting to buy each other up, and so now like it's all starting to recombine again. Crunchyroll and mm. Funimation just combined. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're just gonna combine it's, all the streaming apps to make cable again. Just. <laughs> Just to make like the Disney's cable. <laughs> That's uh, it. Di- oh wow, Disney cable. <laughs> it's all Disney's cable. That's what we're getting, baby. Dable. <laughs> yeah. Dable. Disnable. Dis. Dis. Dismal. <laughs> Dismal. Yeah. <laughs> Dismal. Yeah. True. But without further ado, uh, let's uh, jump into our little premise here we have today. It's gonna be a real chill one. Yeah, I just kind of you know we're reaching the end of this is the last. This should be the last week of February of this year um you know and obviously february is known as black history month so i thought it just kind of be neat to look into like african-american uh, media over the years kind of break it up just kind of have some chill conversations 
you know, small, I guess, like disclaimer or just, you know, be upfront is that none of us are African-American, but we do want to like kind of look at it through that lens of like other culture and kind of celebrate and kind of uplift. My goal with this topic is kind of just to point out some, you know, kind of how media has evolved, particularly with African-American mm-hmm. culture or African-American creators and involvement, Yeah, involvement, kind of celebrate some of the and point out some of the ones that, you know, I think are that need to be celebrated or pointed out for others um and then vice versa for you listener if you know of any really cool or you know any culturally relevant like african-american media whether that's like movies shows comic books books uh music and whatnot send them our way you know absolutely it's like uh how does how has black culture impacted both popular culture and just day-to-day culture Mm -hmm. yeah i did kind of divide um into several little categories and different types of media i didn't put music because it's just too much i feel like that gets its own episode almost honestly it's just been so long and i will say you know our talk our conversation is going to for sure probably be very surface level because it's just going to be such a wealth of different options to kind of go over yeah but with that said i was going to give y'all the option would y'all prefer to start with movies comic books video games tv or mtg i think comic books in my opinion you want to comic book sounds good because i got some stuff i want to say about that too yeah yeah and you know we'll just kind of recommend go over uh i will start with just kind of giving out little highlights of some of the like notable characters created uh it was weird it's funny like it's kind of hard to pinpoint as far as i could tell it it was kind of difficult to figure out what is like the first african-american comic book character there's a few options it seems depending on like what your criteria is or what you're looking for particularly because there's the first one I found was Lothar, L-O-T-H-A-R. He was in the 34s, uh, 1934. He was a sidekick of Mandrake the Magician. But then there's also Lion Man, who's the first like comic book like superhero, it mm-hmm. seems. Uh, he's like a Tarzan. He's from the 40s. Um, and then later on, we get like some other characters. like Lo- uh, There's one called Lobo, who's a West- he's in a Western from Dell Comics in the 60s, which is around the same time as uh, Black Panther, you know, made his debut in... Um, Fantastic Four, and then we get Luke Cage in the '70s with the black exploitation boom. Um, but yeah, I just want to kind of—is there any characters you guys feel that are like huge icons that you guys want to highlight, or even just some of the ones I've mentioned that you feel like you have mm. favorite stories from or trivia from? I mean, definitely leaning into like the '90s and stuff like that. I think Spawn and Static Shock or Killer definitely really represent an era of like. It's crazy because I feel like those heroes in particular like represent like a lot of my generation's childhood both people that grew up like with the edgy spawn movie or just the like downright good <laughs> yeah. um static shock animated show yeah yeah at least that's that that's th- those are the generation or those characters you know were a part of my generation so mm-hmm. yeah static static shock was huge i god i loved that show when i was when i was a kid that's that show was phenomenal yeah i would say also a, re- a character who I think like really was inf- influential for me was Storm. Um, oh, nice. Specifically, well, especially because like X X Men as a as a series, its themology and like what it talks about, um, kind of it it literally is made to mirror like civil rights activism or like civil rights issues. Yeah. So like I felt like a lot of a lot of connection and poignancy like with those issues was given to Storm 
and she like kind of became a representative of like connecting on that side of it and so it was like always very interesting to see a like what like how they were representing her character and whatever iteration they were bringing her out in mainly mm-hmm. because like there's some that like i've you know there's there's somewhere it could be better but it's just always interesting to see like how influential they make her based off of how influential i always expect her to be in the like i always i always feel like like her voice should be like very present in the in the like steering of x-men as a as a unit and like in like what they believe in however it's also like that sometimes they make cinematic iterations of it that don't exactly (laughs) <laughs> they have Halle Berry well. saying ridiculous things yeah. and <laughs> <With an> accent. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, it's cool that you know you may bring her up too actually because I she's I think the first black x-men like in the team so it's like interesting mm-hmm. that it took that long like the 70s for there to be an actual african-american character in this team that's like a analog for racism and other forms of discrimination yeah and i mean she's also like a leader too in like later comics too which is great to kind of see that like she's also became a leader from that too exactly i want to i want to look it up again there was just i just remember there was this one arc where i felt like they had changed her design in a really odd way and i was like storm is it the mohawk it's like one of the best versions the mohawk i like no Uh, i'm fine with that yeah as i said i think it's i remember it being I remember reading it. It was like kind of polarizing, but overall was like kind of accepted as like a good. I mean, I think especially now everyone likes it a lot. It was like this, like um, this color swapped version of like, and then they gave her, I don't know, it, like they changed her, they changed her hair in that one as well in this like 1990s one where she is wearing all white, but like oh, they the, like animated series white no the comic because this was i always would uh come across this because when they it was it was when they color swapped it from one from a to b that's what i'm trying to like yeah like they took the x-men animated but made it like black instead of yes white and like basically the main thing was that like i don't know the way that they did they kind of like redid her Mm -hmm. features in her hair and she just didn't look like herself and it looked very like um yeah like anglicized sometimes like it, it i don't mm. know it's it just I, I wish i could i wish i could like actually find what it was what from. it's from yeah yeah so i'm like i don't recognize it either it looks almost like searching. something though in res- it looks like something in response almost to like the movies to be on in my opinion and like oh first yeah. class or something maybe they like um because i imagine my guess is that that suit, since I don't know what it's from in particular, I'm sure, though, everyone in the team has that suit or some iteration, maybe. So mm-hmm. maybe that's where it works when it's, like, in a group. But on her own, yeah, I know. It's, like, all of her identifiable features, like, her hair, just, like, her flowiness is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, like, or it's it's just, I don't know, with it being black and static, I feel like it doesn't kind of, it doesn't stick out as much. It's yeah, and it, yeah, exactly. And, it, like, I don't know. But other than that, great character, I think yeah oh yeah i uh, i can't wait to see uh well i kind of take that back i i'd like to say i can't wait to see the mcu new take on storm but i don't know how excited i am about 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 the new mcu stuff right now so it's like like i'm very fine with it it's like i don't think i'm not sure it'll be spectacular that when they finally get back around to x-men but we'll see we'll yeah one will hope i'm sure i feel like that's one where they have to put all their effort into so it will probably be good 
mm-hmm. if like forced to be good in a sense almost yeah um but i i think i'll be i think i mean i'm excited to see it but even it, i mean shit if, even if it's anything like madam web i'll have a good time you know <laughs> <laughs> the the pinnacle of the barometer of bad movies yeah it's just hopefully it's hopefully it's really good or really bad because it's like yeah uh, anything else in but, between uh, is the, where it's not as fun <laughs> but yeah that was to say y'all mentioned actually uh static shock which actually i wanted to kind of expand mm-hmm. is uh milestone comics altogether uh they've recently released a compendium of those and milestone is essentially so Dwayne mcduffie's like probably one of my favorite comic book writers uh he's african-american um he actually wrote a lot of the justice league animated stuff ben 10 i think he wrote he wrote like uh he wrote the static shock show for a lot of the episodes yeah so um uh he was one of the biggest parts of milestone comics you know along along with dennis cohen Derek mm-hmm. dingle and Ma- michael davis um just a bunch of different black authors editors uh illustrators that like comic book creators that basically hit the glass ceiling at marvel and dc and you know mm-hmm. it, all the all the characters that they were writing for like they you know it's all the it was very like surface level stuff that they were writing and so they wanted to leave and you know start their own comic book imprint um which was milestone comic books um and it actually so it was, it was its own universe of superheroes but it was released um it was basically published by dc i guess the way that like thinking of like berserk and dark horse you know what i mean kind of the way that like Mm -hmm. berserk is written by an entirely different company but it's published by um at least here in the states it's published by dark horse i believe but yeah they launched in 1993 and uh yeah they 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 had four titles it was blood syndicate which was uh, a group of gangs superhero like a a superhero gang gang members um it was them, uh, Static Shock, which, you know, classic, you know, Static Shock high schooler gets powers. Um, and mm-hmm. actually, before I go into the other two lines, the reason that those, you know, the gang got powers and Static Shock got powers is because um, one of the stories that they wrote in Milestone was that, like, New York was trying to take out all of the gangs and they were trying to take out gang violence all at once. So they lured a bunch of different gangs to central park and tried to kill them with like this uh like you know all the cops show up and they try to kill them with this like gas or like poison experimental poison gas yeah the gas the gas turns them all into like superheroes supervillains whatever static oh my god i think it's called like the big gang event too so it's like the creation of a lot of characters oh i never knew about blood that sounds so cool and Oh, and there's more too. It's a really cool universe. Yeah, because I like only was aware of Static Blood Syndicate. Um, yeah, I had one of the first trans characters in uh, in mm-hmm. the book named Masquerade. Comic books. Yeah. Um. So you know, there's Blood Syndicate. There's Static Shock. There's another character named um, Hardware. Hardware. Who? Uh, yeah. He was this engineer who. You know, he's like the billionaire genius um, who found out that he, it's like Iron Man, Iron Man, Batman. He finds out his like, yeah, he finds yeah. out his tech is being stolen by the company he works for. And um, 
Uh, sold for weaponry you know so he's just like fuck that i'm gonna take my weapons back and fucking use it to take them all out um which funny enough i I believe Dwayne mcduffie uh before he was like a a a comic book writer and a film major he um he was a physicist and he found out that someone in his or that like one of his professors used his research without crediting him and like just fucking it was the brakes you know he couldn't do anything about it he like and it was for like Uh. it was for like guided missile systems or some shit like that like it was a it was a pretty hefty piece of work that they just used like big deal and um after that he left and basically hardware is like the story of Dwayne mcduffie (laughs) like low-key that's so cool Um, and then after that they have uh icon and rocket icon and rocket it's cool because it's Superman's origin, but he crash lands in like America during slavery time and uh, approximates like a, I think he approximates like a black, mm-hmm. like uh, a person saved by a black man. And so. he's a slave. Damn. Yeah. And so he's like, a, like he, he starts off like on earth. So he grows through. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, he cool. goes through the, um, yeah, slavery, the civil rights movement. And, uh, it's not until mm-hmm. like this thief, this pregnant thief who's only stealing because like she's pregnant um finds like she breaks into mm-hmm. his house and figures out holy shit your icon you know like you got to get back out there and here let me help you and it's like a it's like it's all told from her perspective too like she's mainly the main character rocket mm-hmm. and she's mm-hmm. a single i believe she's single but she's a single black like expecting mother that's uh out there kicking ass yeah. you know damn that was, uh, that's one thing I like about the Milestone comics, too, is they get real with, like, reality. Like, there's gangs, there's cursing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think there's a later issue in the static. It's fun. There's a controversy because one of the covers, there was going to be an issue where he's holding up a condom when he's, like, making out with his girlfriend. It's, like, the issue he's supposed to have sex, like, with his girlfriend. And DC had a big issue with that. And, it like, I think Dwayne McDuffie's argument was, like, we're – showing kids we should probably be doing safe sex like if mm-hmm. anything this is probably more important to have the condom than to and not. yeah it's making them like, a good they, role model then instead of ignoring they're it. also like yo you got yeah, you got catwoman so, out here titties out like every cover with, like yeah. just for fun you know this is like mm-hmm. respite and, and they wanted to tackle like they wanted to tackle stories about safe sex and abortion and stuff like that and well i don't know about abortion but you know like yeah. like real issues I highly yeah. recommend pick up the the compendiums if you know if you're ever curious. Like they're they're cool because they collect like everything, um, in chronological chronological order. It kind of jumps around a lot because it's like you'll be reading hardware, then you'll go to like static, and then you'll go to like blood syndicate. Then there'll be like an event, but it's like really engrossing. And the only one I was kind of eh with personally is zombie, um, but that's the character that I really honestly don't even remember crazy much about. Funny enough that that static shock cover caused such like a discourse between Milestone and DC that um, two years later, the basically, I don't know if Milestone was just canceled or if it just fell off. Uh, I Actually, I think it might have been canceled and like reabsorbed into DC. But um, that's when Dwayne McDuffie like left and he started working for WB Animation. And that's that's when we got the Static Shock animated show. And like he started he wrote some of the best episodes of like mm-hmm. Justice League and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Dwayne McDuffie. Yeah. He's 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 just like I say, one of the best one of the best uh, comic book creators. Just in general, like one of the best. 
I think also like a couple of years ago, me and Gib watched like a documentary. I'm trying to remember the name. Four Milestone. Yeah, yeah, it um, was uh, by Sci-Fi. I'm to remember. Eh, by Sci-Fi. It was by Sci-Fi. It was Milestone. The history of Milestone. It's a it's a quick like YouTube that. away. I'll, yeah, I'll give it a quick Google in a bit. Um, yeah, any other comic book characters or creators you guys want to highlight? I know for characters, um, another one for me ended up. Um, one of my favorite characters in comics has basically slowly become Miles Morales. Course, yeah. Um, oh yeah. As a character, I think he's just. I think he's spectacular. I the only Spider-Man that I was willing to keep up with and actually follow was Ultimate Spider-Man in the first place. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just I Great. I really liked his villain, like how they did the villains in the Ultimate series, and um, that's what made me originally just keep up with that lore. And and because, uh, because it was so interesting, um, the introduction of Miles Morales to that was, ve- I always thought was very cool. It's something where like, right now, part of the reason I'm really thankful for the for the animated movie series, the uh, mm. the Spider Verse one, <sighs> even more so now that Spider Man Two came out and I got to s- and I like saw how that how the story played through. Um, we're like he uh he's been he's been very caught in the cinematic worlds that he's been in so far still caught in like the newbie like up-and-comer role yeah and it's like it's really gonna be nice by the end of spider-verse to see him like really acting like his own full-fledged hero because like (sighs) yeah it was almost like oh i I expected that more out of spider-man 2 before and then before i bought it i watched a playthrough of it instead because i wanted to see the story and i was like they like just kind of they kind of like redo his character growth like again from the Miles Morales like, <laughs> the, game. Yeah. <laughs> like Yeah. It seems like the same storyline kind of is repeating a lot. Exactly. And it's it's and very odd. Character. It seems like yeah, it seems like they're very hesitant to put him in the like lead role. Um which yeah, I'm just excited for when he finally gets that chance. And yeah. I think it's I think he's also a very interesting you know, case study as to like public reaction when it comes to like having new, like older properties or older characters or older heroes being uh, recast or making a new hero to, to pick up that mantle. And I think it's like such a, it's such an interesting case study with like how people violently react to those changes sometimes. And it's like so crazy to, to witness in, in real time, especially with that whole Donald Glover thing that happened with the fan casting of Donald Glover mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. back. Like that was back when I was an internet, like fiend, I would just like be, I would just surf <laughs> message boards constantly and read and read and yeah. read and read and read. And I don't know. It was, it was just crazy how volatile of a reaction people had to that. And, um, yeah, it's like we're witnessing history in the making, like literally. Like it, it, yeah. It's also, it was, you know, it's one of those, one of those wake up calls to like, really like how people around you and like on the internet or, and especially True. in America think. So it's like, yeah, when it comes to like and how close minded they are to, to new things. Um, yeah. But that's definitely one that a character I wanted to bring up. Love Miles Morales. I think, you know, he, he still I deserves a lot. I, I, I think he still deserves a lot more <laughs> is what yeah, I was alluding to. <laughs> but yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, definitely a great one. Uh, just a couple things. I think like one of the best badass characters, uh, 
Michonne. Michonne just like Michonne holy from shit, Walking dude. Dead. Yeah. Just in the comic books. Oh, okay. I was like, I she's a, a powerhouse, just like a survivor, hella strong. Like she's crazy. She's she's mm-hmm. yeah, she's awesome. She's uh one of the best comic book characters out there. Yeah, yeah. And she fuck, I think she debuted in like two thousand ten as well. You know, immediately getting recognition through the show, mm. has her own spin off show now. Like, you know, good. Good on them. Good on her. Ooh, more like protagonists, like coming out with like yeah, as like protagonists for African American characters. And speaking of African American protagonists, there is there I have a letter written from um from Dwayne McDuffie to Marvel Studios. It was written December thirteenth, nineteen eighty nine. It was a proposal for a first draft. It's a first draft. It's a proposal for a new series called Teenage Negro Ninja Thrashers. So I'm gonna read it. <laughs> nice. Amazing. In the past year, 25% of all African-American superheroes appearing in the Marvel Universe possess skateboard-based superpowers. In an attempt to remain on the cutting edge of comics, I hereby propose a new series that will fully exploit this exciting new trend. Teenage Negro Ninja Thrashers. God damn, he's so funny. (laughs) When a group of teenage Negroes find cosmic-powered skateboards, their lives are forever changed. (laughs) A team of distinct characters join together, swearing an oath to use their powers for good. Rocket Racer, a black guy on a skateboard. Night Thrasher, a black guy on a skateboard. Dark Wheelie, a black guy on a skateboard. And their leader, the mysterious black guy on a skateboard known only as that mysterious black guy on a skateboard. This is a surefire hit as it contains all of these popular elements. Circa 1974 clothing and hairstyles. Bizarre speech patterns, unrecognizable by any member of any culture on the planet. A smart white friend to help them out of trouble they get into. They're heroes who could be you, if you were black, I mean. Uh, They're on skateboards. And they have an attractive white female friend to calm them down when they get too excited. Face it, it, Pilgrim. This one's got it all. And then at the end it says, have I made my point? That's so amazing. Speaking of Dwayne McDuff's, to go back to the fucking go, honestly. um, So one of the first black superheroes... DC was like was was gonna make one of the first black superheroes at least in the seventies like to mainline a book, and it was gonna be I think his name was like the Black Bomber, and it was gonna be uh I think it's like a racist white guy that gets the power to turn black, like yes. Shazam. Yes, you. Yes, and so, he says a word and he turns. Yeah, but but I think he says black white power. He says black power and he, he says black but, power. Yeah. Dwayne McDuffie plays with this and made a character in like the I think JLA, like 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 um the comics, mm-hmm. uh, and he brings back the character as the Brown Bomber. I think it is like he changes it all, and mm-hmm. it's he does the same shit that he just with that um letter where he, he that character is just like played for laughs and kind of to show the like put the mirror up to like the creators like yeah like y'all were some racist motherfuckers like look at this, um. Like, could you, like, this character, like, you think I'm making a joke, but it's, like, I just literally dust this idea off and made a joke, out, like, put it in a book and did a joke around him. Mm-hmm. I wasn't um, even the one who made you, this idea. I just used it. Yeah. <laughs> I just dusted off and also just, uh, I looked it up. The documentary for um, Milestone is called Milestone Generation from 2022. Ah. Really great. I think it's, like, an hour. It's pretty short, but it's really, like, invigorating. So if y'all are curious, you know, to hear more about Milestone. Mm-hmm. You know that's great, great place to start. Um, yeah. Before we move on, I wanted to highlight just a couple um, more black creators in the comic book realm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so for one, when I was looking it up, one of the first African-American artists in co- American comics was, uh, his name is Matt Baker. Kind of looked at his stuff. looks cool. It's like your typical like 30s, 40s-esque like comic book stuff. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. There's Daryl Banks, who's actually, I was, it was cool he came up. He's the first artist to paint, do like a painted comic called Cyberpunk. And he's also the co-creator of Kyle Rayner. Um, and then just the last one I want to highlight is a personal fave artist is uh, Kyle Baker, who does some great like cartooning with uh, comic books. Like he's done the Plastic Man comic book. He's done like Shadow. He's done like a bunch of stuff, but his style is really cool. And he do- he plays with like race as well, like in a cool way. And some of- in some of the comics that he's like able to write. And hell yeah. I only have one more character that, that oh, yeah. I want to bring up, just because, um, yeah, just jogged my memory. Have you guys read Why the Last Man? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So, Agent 355 from Why mm-hmm. the Last Man, absolutely phenomenal character. I I loved her character so much. I felt like she was, like, such a force to be reckoned with in that whole entire oh, story. Yeah. Like, oh, God, her journey was extremely interesting. And a lot of times even more interesting than the main characters. And I think that was kind of the point. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> was that it was like, it really was a lot. It was a lot about the people around Yorick that the, the graphic like novel the story was is about. Like the most. Yeah. I almost yeah. want to, I'm wondering if how much of that is like, if we have a guy as the main character, this book will sell more. Like, I've, Cause comics yeah. are male dominant, like uh, fan wise. I've thought about that. I've I've thought about that. I'm not. I'm still not sure that that whole entire series is very. It's hard because it's very. Um. Well, it has a lot of presumptuous nature to it in terms of like how like in terms of like reactory like reactive story elements like and how people react. Um. Mm-hmm. And it, it also is very has a lot of things that are like very like progressive and interesting about it. Like you know, it was a very trans positive. Yeah um series all about that really highlighted highlighted how gender is like uh a role is like very much part of like culture and very much part of like role playing in society and how like when the question of biology is removed the structure of gender will slowly like reappear still um even with only like people with only people sex. with x chromosomes alive yeah the structure of gender and like the power structures and things like that will still survive in, in culture which is kind of like goes like to show how like all of these things are like inherently like social and yeah. um not biological so i'll say not to get too into it too i'm just thinking i'm like it is kind of hard though to separate the fact that the character needs to be male because it's a ride-along character, and if it's a female, then they're just welcomed into... Like, it's like, yeah. But that's mm-hmm. a conversation for the Why Last Month month, or Why yeah. Last Man month. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, upcoming. Three, Agent 355, great character. Oh, great choice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Also, that series did a good job in making... <laughs> all right, I'm not going to say you did a good job, but I just... I think it's interesting <laughs> that one of the uh-huh. main antagonists of that series was the israeli government <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. Is, is, israeli special forces interesting yeah. fact no, that, that, that's a it's a it's a fun read too i'd recommend i don't i didn't watch the show i didn't finish the show i couldn't really get into it so i don't know if the <sighs> show's good after the first couple episodes but definitely read it 
I can say from the first like three or four episodes, it definitely was not uh, was not hitting. Sure. They changed some very critical. They changed a lot of very critical details. plot details that like yeah. really show the characters in different lights. That is like not. It's so weird. So yeah, but great read is one of the only graphic novel series I own in physical so that I can always have it. Oh yeah. That one's for sure one to keep. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to do like one or two more like topics? I didn't expect comment or any of them to like last this long, to be honest with you. I funny um, enough, I could, t- well, I could talk about um, TV. Do you have a particular preference? Uh, Nate? I didn't know we were going to skip music. And I, I was like the whole entire oh, preparing for this. <laughs> I, it's fine. It's just the pre- preparing for this. Well, I was just wondering the whole time, like, <laughs> How much am I? How much am I gonna talk about jazz? Because I could go on for a while. It's like because I was ra- I was raised on jazz music my entire life, uh, nice. and so like True. all like a a huge like one of the only uh, autobiographies that I ever actually like enjoyed reading and was like genuinely like interested in was when I read uh, Miles Davis's autobiography. Um, Mm -hmm. an absolutely fascinating individual who kind of like shows, yeah, who just really like, you really get to see like what it was like for somebody, you know, for, especially for black American musicians coming up and how much of their, how much of their skill and how much it had to be like directed in a certain way. Like it was a lot of like, um, what's the word, um, networking, like a lot of, a lot had to do with your reputation because and whether or not you could just kind of like get in places in order to just like kind of like it it wasn't about like getting invited to play somewhere it was about being around when someone needed a player and it was like yeah and it's interesting to see how different it is from like a lot of like um musicians now and how hard it was for them to like break in even in a genre that like is their specialty and bread and butter and it's just so yeah, it's just so interesting to see. Yeah, it's interesting to think about just how much that affected music and how much it affected like god funk music and and um and combo music and uh like yeah, it's crazy. Cuz there are there are things that Miles Davis did with 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 jazz funk that kind of like yeah. bled through into a ton of like eighties and nineties funk music. And Miles Morales was going to be named Miles Davis. Uh, that's why his dad's name is Aaron Davis, but they hmm. couldn't. Um, yep. I don't know if it was like, I don't know if it's cause it was, they couldn't get the rights or something, but yeah, it's going to be Miles Davis. They, I remember it was that's cool. I didn't know I, that. It was specifically, it was, it wasn't like a rights thing. It was like a, like a produce, like a production, was like that's too like forward that's too like on the nose and so i I was gonna say i think it's i mean i think what they did is perfect to have his dad's last name be did you know like that it's like you could do the miles davis if you just connected Mm -hmm. that way but i think it's like nice little a little bit more subtle which is nice too yeah i also it also is it's interesting. Sorry, now that we're talking about Miles Morales no, too again, good. it's like oh I'm yeah, just yeah. Like, you're good. <laughs> the choice of having him have his mother's last name, I think, is also just very interesting. And I think it's like it also like creates yeah. a level of division between him and his father, who is a police officer. And I think that's also like important to the structure of his story and to the commentary of his story. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that they haven't really. And this is one thing I've been wondering this whole time too: is just why, or maybe they do in the comics. I don't know, but they don't go with the two last names. I think that's more commonly 
that's common with Hispanic, like Mexican or like what is it? I think it's Puerto Rican, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Puerto Rican. But that's like more common in like like Hispanic culture. So I'm surprised it is, yeah. it's not like Morales Davis or Davis Morales. Um, and yeah. I mean, you can then you can also still have the Miles Davis part too, kind of be like a bit more upfront if you want. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah. No. I was like, I like, I, I would love to revisit this maybe next year or even just like later on in the year because I think also the reason I wanted to hold this at the end of the month is kind of just to be like, hey, you know, Black History Month is technically over or whatever, but like we should still be looking at like these cultures ongoing, you know, and like kind of mm-hmm. and I, to me honestly, it was just kind of fun to kind of I watched more movies or looked into more media in like the black culture to kind of see how it's you know I've learned some shit that I was like this is cool. Um, yeah. yeah, I think for the sake of time, let's let's just chat a little bit more about maybe movies and TVs, and, t- yeah. and TVs and the TVs. Um, I'll highlight a f- couple things first, and I'll kind of open it up to free convo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I looked up, and and these are the the facts that I found. They could be like off or so, and I'm also gonna probably fuck up these pronunciations maybe. Uh, but when looking up, one of the first like major black directors in film is Oscar Mc- Mackay McCox. Uh, it's M I C H A or sorry E A U X. Okay. French. Yeah, maybe Mico, Mico. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oscar Mico, it's like nineteen twenties and thirties. He made like Within Our Gates, Body and Soul, Ten Minutes to Um to Live, which I will say are movies I've never heard of, but like kind of just been like, oh, this is cool to kind of see. He has like a huge body of work and it seems like it's well regarded. So I'm kinda curious to check out some. Um, the mm-hmm. first black woman director in Hollywood is Maya Angelou, who we all mm. probably know as also as a civil rights activist. Interesting. Um, she starred and she also directed. She made Divisions and then Down in the Delta. And then just the last bit I wanted to highlight as far as fun facts, I guess, was that the first black TV show, um, like black, like like written black, pr- predominantly directed. black, yeah, written, I think, directed, starred, um, is in the 50s. It's Andy and Amos, which was an adaptation of a radio teleplay, which was, you know, I think done by white people. But um, when it came to TV, they were like, it's one of the first portrayals of African-Americans on screen, you know, reading about it. It's not like the best depiction, but it's like the roots of that getting to where Mm -hmm. we are now, where we get Pose and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Key and Peele and so forth. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Is there any particular movies or shows that you guys feel like are like, again, like highlight that are like the biggest or big inspirations for you or, you feel like are important. I feel like as a cre in terms of like creators who are also actors, uh, mm-hmm. definitely I, I I always I always jump at the chance to talk about Childish Gambino, aka Donald Glover, just because mm-hmm. in the myriad of things that he's been involved in, I've enjoyed immensely. Um, watching Atlanta and his even back when he was doing YouTube. I mean, I've. <laughs> I, I remember I used to like <laughs> Donald Glover when he was doing YouTube videos for a YouTube channel called Derek Comedy. Your word um, is no. nice. Your, your favorite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, those those videos were like the pinnacle of two thousands. Like shock humor is is the best humor comedy. Um, but that is where I first saw him, and uh, from there to like listening to his music to you know, watching him in movies. Oh, to having him be Lando Calrissian in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Um, Like, 
to being able to play as Donald Glover playing Lando Calrissian in the PlayStation version of Battlefront. Um, (laughs) but yeah, Mm -hmm. he, and, and, and his role on community, obviously as that's one of my favorite television shows. And, and the reason that he got, I just think he, fan, the reason for Miles Morales' creation, actually, yeah, <laughs> his whole entire thing, and him waking up wearing a Spider-Man pajama, pajama suit, shirt yeah. in season two of <laughs> uh, Community was a huge inspiration, and it all ties back. It's just yeah, it's just great to see everything he works on. Like I like his R and B stuff. I like his his hip-hop and his rap and uh yeah i definitely just always want to mention him because um i just <laughs> i'm all and because like I, it's like any new thing that great. comes out if he's attached to it it's like i'm gonna see it and i'm i'm like a hundred percent gonna like it like mm-hmm. it even when a lot of people didn't like solo i loved solo because it was such a nice little self-contained just and i'm sure no one's mad at his part either Mm -hmm. at the very least i'm sure he was like the shining jewel in that because i'm thinking even when he does like cameos in like the other spider-man movies i'm like that's a fun cameo there's never been a problem that i've seen with like um with him in anything oh my god would they put him as uh the live action prowler in the second (laughs) the second miles morales movie that was the second spider-verse movie that was so good that was so funny um yeah so that'd be my my first person to definitely bring up very big fan yeah good choice <clears throat> i um you know I, I i saw this movie last year but it's definitely one of my favorites and uh it's from uh it's from a, a bay area you know local bay area um social rights activist and, and rapper and and it's it's funny it was the first time first time film from um, Boots Riley directed Sorry to Bother You and holy shit that is oh, that movie. one of the best uh, <laughs> such a good one it's so it good it has such a good fucking yeah. real funny just a really creative and just like pronounced voice that movie has and um, you know I think that it, it's very fantastical but I think it does kind of like like show bits of like what the black experience is like both working in in like yeah, I mean, obviously, the whole thing is having to do a white person voice so that you could be accepted and so that, you know, people can want to talk to you um, and, and having to mm-hmm. assimilate and, like, how much do you want to sell yourself? How much do you want to, you know, just give up who you actually are in order to basically join the system that hates you, that designed everything to, like, work against yeah. you? It's, uh, it, it's, Which so it's funny because that that came up with michael jackson the whole like voice thing so it's like topical to today yeah yeah it's literally the same thing yeah i love the michael jackson voice thing where it's like like everybody who talks about talking to him in real life is just like that's not how he talks (laughs) yeah there's doo-doo feces Uh, um, all over the walls um (laughs) yeah that, I was going to say, too, from that movie, uh, from Sorry to Bother You, mm-hmm. Lakeith Stanfield, also, um, also in it, also in Atlanta, yeah. also in, you know, mm-hmm. Get Out, and, like, yeah, yeah he's phenomenal. Like, he, everything I've I, seen him in, he does such, God. I love his character in Atlanta so much. Like, he makes my brain, like, have to reset 
because he does that character so well. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> and I think all of this also, like, I don't know, there's this really, really interesting wave of surrealism um, in like works by black directors in like the last, like, you know, like yeah, five, five six, seven years. Like, it's, it's this very cool, like, reality bending, um, narratives that are like starting to starting to come around a lot more and you know like jordan peele obviously works with that a lot mm-hmm. and um atlanta has a ton of very weird surrealist moments oh, that okay. they don't that like if you've never watched that show i highly encourage I've been wanting it. to you i just the, yeah. they do a bunch of very interesting things with time like they do and like perception of like deja vu and serendipity and like it's it's in there's a bunch of symbolism with like reoccurring scenes and reoccurring like uh things that the main character sees out in the world it's it's very interesting like what like donald like donald Mm -hmm. glover really went like really went hard with that show yeah all in with like his nice more like introspective side it's very it's very cool nice nice yeah i've been wanting to check that out um and it's it's funny it's actually one thing a movie i was trying to watch before this episode but i just couldn't fit it in my schedule um i don't know if you guys have seen the trailers for but book of clarence oh shit Um, that one looks interesting it's (laughs) yeah it's um what's his name lakeith um james mcavoy stanfield yeah, they're 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 in it, and it's essentially from the trailer. What I've gathered is that Lithe's character is kind of sees Jesus, and he's like, "Oh, that guy's getting like bank. Like, what if we just scam people with his like friend?" And so they kind of go and like scam people, and then James McAvoy's like the Roman like emperor or something. Like, I've been like, Chatter. Yeah. I, like I, said, I wanted to check it, it out. Uh, my only okay, to try amazing. to kind of so my only complaint that huh? like from the trailer, um, which yeah. I would say it's very. It looks very similar to um, Guy Ritchie's King. Ar- no, Robin Hood. Guy Ritchie's Robin Hood. I think it was, or it was mm-hmm. like they they do this weird. They're doing this weird thing where it's in the past, but there's all these like it's essentially the present. Modern it's references. the present. You know what I mean? Like they have oh, they have a they carriage the... chase, but yeah. it's like a fucking four wheel carriage, and like you know what I mean? Like there's that. Gotcha. They're uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just seems like. Are you t- is the guy Richie one? Is that is that Men in Tights? No, no, no. It's uh no uh, no no. no, no it's Mel guy Ritchie's. Oh, it's Mel Brooks. It came out <laughs> what's, like what's Robin? Yeah. Hood? What's Guy Ritchie's man? I think it's Guy Ritchie. It, it came out in like 2015, I think. But it's like it had Taron Egerton, Jamie Fox, and like Ben Mendelsohn. And, um, well, I can't believe I know the fucking cast off the top of my head. Oh, um, I never saw this <laughs> But it's one. like, you know. <gasps> yeah, I haven't seen it. So, they're all, they're, they, so cool. they have knights, and it's like, whatever, the Robin Hood times. The, the knights look like SWAT guards, and they have, like, the equivalent of a riot van. Like, it's, it's the, the, the main dude's wearing, like, an outfit that just looks like a suit. Like, too modern. Like, it, it's, it's like a weird pseudo-modern. It, it looks like he's in the, it looks like he's, like, in the Hunger Games. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of the Hunger Games, <laughs> no, I was kidding. I don't have any. <laughs> I wish I had some Hunger Games trivia. The Robin Hood district, the district of Nottingham. Yeah, actually, in in the Hunger Games right. book, they're all black. <laughs> they paint them all white in I've, the movie. Honestly, I no, be... <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but no, I just book it. The only reason I brought Book of Clarence, like I said, I was trying to see it. And also, like, it fits in, I feel, with what you were saying, Nate, about the surrealist yeah. kind of component. Because I read that mm-hmm. as, like, it's kind of goo. It feels like it's – the trailer to that, it kind of made me think of Sorry to Bother You as well. I mean, not just because the main actor is the same, but I feel like there's going to be a thing in the second half that's, like, goofy, just, like, Sorry to Bother You, maybe. That's my guess, though. But, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'll, I'll, if I check it, I'll let you all know. Or if you guys want to go catch it together <laughs> after the – we'll do a double feature, Madam Web, Book of Clarence. There you go. Yeah, I definitely need to um, watch this. This looks so interesting. Yeah, let me know. I'm down. Um, the one I did see recently, I rewatched recently, which I was like, uh, it was cool to rewatch is uh, Do the Right Thing, Spike mm-hmm. Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like oh, one of his also, earlier films. Yeah, I was also going to talk about Spike Lee. I'm glad you brought that in. Oh, well, actually, let's, let's, all right, perfect segue. Um, then I'll Do the Right Thing. It's basically kind of, it's interesting because it's like, it takes place in Bed-Stuy, I think, um, like a block, basically. And you kind of just, it's like vignettes kind of following like these characters, like day to day. It's like one day. It's one of those movies that takes one day. Um, and it's one of the like hottest days of the summer. And you can, mm-hmm. it's funny because you can kind of feel it through just visually seeing like the characters. They also do the like sepia tone over everything mm-hmm. too. Like, like Mexico and Breaking look. Bad. Yeah, yeah exactly. Maybe. <laughs> so you know it's hot. Um, <laughs> but the thing I really liked about, I have I don't know if either of y'all seen it, but the, like I said, it's the hottest day of summer and so the mm-hmm. plot of the is kind of starts off just like vignettes of everyone's lives kind of rotating but as the movie progresses you know temp like tempers and like racial just like like there's like racial um I'm trying to think like bumping heads kind of like increases until the end where it's like the hottest and like it just like explosion kind of it's mm-hmm. cool because it really fits like the theme and it's shot really well. It's intricate. It's fun. It's like a, it's shot in the '80s, so it's like a cool time capsule too of like what was Bed Stuy like in the '80s, you know, as portrayed by mm-hmm. Spike Lee, and you know, it, it's got like a great cast too, like Martin Lawrence is in it, and I'm trying to get oh, oh fucking what's the the guy's name? Cuba huh? Gooden Jr. Yeah, Cuba Gooden Jr. Is he, he might be in it? There's one guy that I was like I forget his name. But I've seen him in things lately, and he was one of the characters. His name's Bugging Out in the in the show. Mm-hmm. Let me look him up real quick. But he was like, I did not recognize him because he just looks so different. I mean, to be fair, he like had different like clothes and all that too, and glasses. But yeah, let me let me sorry, let me look up the actor. But um, do the do the right thing is interesting because like it does it does something that's very theatrical that a lot of plays do too. A lot of older mm-hmm. works, um, where it uses it uses the heat in the environment of the heat Mm -hmm. as like a general metaphor for like emotion and for climax and for like, um, yeah. And for like friction and things like that between Mm -hmm. people. Yeah. And it's like, it's a lot like, you know, like cat on a hot tin roof and things like that. And like where like a huge part of it is the sweltering heat and how it represents an oppressive force. Um, that is outside of their control. Hamlet. And, um, Oh, hot, yeah, hot Hamlet, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hamlet also, three, just real... hot Hamlet, <laughs> hot version. Uh, the the actor I was trying to think of was uh Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, he's yeah, in it, right. and I did not even fucking recognize him. Yeah, because I'm just so used to what he looks like now that when I saw him, yeah. I was like, whoa. Um, yeah, yeah that's a great, so it was a great movie younger. to to re. It's like you have to do the right uh, thing, yeah. and in the lane of that's my that's my Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> Uh, nice. Impression. That's great. <laughs> it's more like you have to do 
the right thing. You have to do <laughs> the right thing. <laughs> Jesse. That's a hard one to do. No. <laughs> well, it's also he's his character bugging out. His character is like completely opposite from what I usually see him as too. Those like points. he's very like excited and like go getter. Right. It's cool. Like yeah. he's not the shrewd, um, calculating owner of a chicken quiet. restaurant. Those pollos yeah. hermanos. <laughs> exactly. Dal has never seen. What um? What about y'all? What is some? Dal has never seen Breaking Bad. Yeah, but I get the reference. No, you don't. <laughs> I've seen clips of him. Wait, you've never I seen it? it. Oh, I've never okay. seen Breaking Bad. I've seen a huh? Breaking Bad, but not all. Well. Of it. Great movie with <laughs> Juan Carlos <laughs> movie or sorry okay, show, okay. Um, but uh, what I was gonna yeah, talk about like... was um, was uh, yeah. Black K Klansman or Black Klansman. Ah, I, I haven't seen it. Yeah, um, I saw that in theaters. Such a crazy good movie, wild okay. from top to, to bottom. Um, I think it's interesting, especially because it's like um, it's a it's a Spike Lee movie that has a largely white cast because of how it mostly follows oh, true. It's like the clan. KKK. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and interesting. Like, um, what's his Topher Grace yeah. as David Duke. He's um, a grand he wizard, does, right? Yeah. The grand wizard of the clan. He does an incredible job. It's just like, it, I, it, it's one of those things where it's like, where you're watching and it feels like you're watching a joke, but oh, then you have yeah. to constantly remind yourself that this is like really, this is based off yeah. of a real operation that happened that a real police officer did. Like it was, it's very interesting. The camaraderie that's drawn between like Adam driver's character, who's Jewish and the, mm-hmm. and the main character. And so like, it's, it's, it's so in like how he's willing to team up for this operation because he, he, also feels that um that that threat and that impending threat of the clan and like the 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 racism that undertones in the country um and it's just such a phenomenal movie so definitely recommend people check that one out oh yes yeah. um, i was curious about i guess uh i guess the the Gladiator. very first grand wizard was called the the grand cyclops these guys are fucking nerds these guys are stupid mm-hmm. the grand cyclops yeah and oh for the the first grand gotcha. wizard or whatever and i know that because that's going to lead into like mm-hmm. my next um yeah you know a big part of the watchmen um sequel hbo sequel show um you know it's it's a sequel to the mm-hmm. i want to say 84 comic 89 comic it's a sequel to watchmen um, but whereas like, you know, the, the Watchmen coming out in the eighties, uh, really played up like nuclear tension. Um, mm-hmm. the, the HBO show focuses more on like yeah. on racial tension and how, you know, things have kind of been more or less the same for the last hundred years. And, uh, there's an episode, episode six, where in, in the Watchmen universe, the very first quote unquote superhero to uh to put a costume on was a a either bisexual or or, or closeted black man or gay, or gay um yeah uh closeted mm-hmm. black man named will reeves and uh he took mm-hmm. on the mantle of hooded justice the superhero hooded justice superhero with a noose around his neck 
And uh, he has that motif because, uh, you know, before becoming a superhero, he was a cop. He was just a regular beatneck cop. And he tried to, you know, report someone actually doing some wrong. Uh, this guy burnt down a Jewish, uh, like, delicatessen. And, you know, the dude walked free. And the cops that he reported to, like, fucking pull him aside and they beat the shit out of him. And uh, he kind of... They just tell him, like, oh, you know, keep your mouth shut. Just do your job, you know, in a very mm-hmm. much more racist way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's after, you know, while they attack him, they put this noose on him. And that's what kind of, you know, he's he, mm-hmm. he survives the attack. And he's walking home when he sees a woman uh, or a couple get attacked and hooded justice. Or, you know, he decides to, like, put a mask on, which was the sack that, you know, the cops put over his head and the noose. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, f- that's cool. Or like, unfortunately, but from cool or from then on, he became hooded justice. And uh, mm-hmm. a big part of that, you know, mm-hmm. like he had he had this wife, too, that was like, look, if you're going to be doing this, you got to be painting your eyes white. You got to be painted. You got to look like a white guy, mm-hmm. you know, like because like a white guy. If, if, they, if they're going to have to see you as their hero, you know what I mean? And that that's just such a sad it's such a sad truth, you know what I mean? That like, you know, it, fucking thinking yeah. of the, the sorry to bother you, having to change your voice to to being a white person just <laughs> yeah. so that like they could feel comfortable around you. Um, but anyway, you know, he continues being a vigilante. Time passes, and it turns out he was the very first superhero that inspired the Minutemen, which then in, inspired the Watchmen. So, you know, it causes this trickle-down effect. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. so the the leader yeah. of the Minutemen goes and is like, hey, we want you to join the team. Um, you know, you're a big inspiration for us. Um, and they also start a sexual relationship. Like, they start hooking up. Um, but it turns out, mm. basically, they get him on the Minutemen as, like, a PR move. And, like, they're still kind of, you know, not really taking his plight seriously. Like, he's the only black member on the team. Um, and, like, they're doing shit. Like, prom- he's, like, the token character. They're promoting, like, uh, like there's a shot where uh, the, the, the captain, I think his name's, like, Captain Metropolis or something. He's like, all right, and let, let's go thank our sponsor. And they show a poster. And it's, like, a, a, like the classic, well, not classic, but the, the depiction of, like, a a racial stereotype of, like, a black dude with, like, just the fucking almost, like, grease paint and, like, the big lips, and it's, like, they're still promoting that kind of, you know, that imagery. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Hooded Justice is very much like, ah, oh, fuck all of this. Um, he decides to take out this, like, racist, uh, or he just de- he decides to take out this clan base, and in that base he finds one, plans of, like, mass hypnotism to make, like, black people turn on each other which fucking you know it sounds and they say it in the tv show when he tries to explain it to somebody he's like i know it sounds crazy that they're using hypnotism and stuff like that but like in an analog to the way things were in the 70s and the 80s in real life the government was distributing like crack and like you know the government Mm -hmm. was essentially turning finding ways to turn like these communities onto each other to actively destabilize exactly. them. Yeah. And that's something that's like Weaponize explored them. through the show, like in a little more fantastic light. Um, and, uh, but not much fantastic, but not much more fantastic than reality. Yeah, still pretty realistic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of the group, 
they're they're an offshoot of the clan called the Cyclops, and that's why they're the Cyclops because mm. going back to the very first clansmen, you know. Um, hmm. That's kind of. I'm wondering if that was also inspired because the comic ends with the alien that's a cycloptic it's, alien. I, that's what I was mm-hmm. thinking too. It's like all very. Little... It works really well. Like I, it 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 works. Yeah. Um, just like symbol symbolically at least. And basically, you know, I guess one of the you know there's there's that part, but throughout that episode, you get these shots from a from a like a serialized tv show called american hero story which i am i assume is supposed to be like american horror story where you get the quote-unquote story <laughs> of hooded justice and in that show he's a white man they portray him as a white man mm-hmm. you know what i mean because they never knew his identity they never knew hooded justice's identity they portray him as a white man um and you know it, it it's like it, as you get these glimpses of like the TV like hyping up this white dude, you get the actual struggle behind the show or behind you know behind the origin of like the actual character. It's really fascinating and yeah. like a big part of that like no, obviously is to show like the the well I I think a big part of that is how and it happens all across media how much the contribution of black culture is obviously stolen and just uh turned whitewashed. whitewashed and almost history tries to rewrite itself for... as if like that never happened yeah used for profit you use for profit mm-hmm. too but it, it, it's just to act like it never happened and to always be like ah yeah. oh, well you know i mean not to get into like too much but it's yeah. like the same reason that like critical race theory was shut down is because people don't want to confront their own you know racism but you know yeah, yeah. it it, it, it's crazy because in the show um the person that inspired the cop to become like or will reeves to become the cop was uh a lawman named uh bass reeves real life lawman bass reeves um he was a slave mm. who became a uh a um a sheriff and he basically went around the – he cleaned up the fucking West. He cleaned up the Wild West. He cleaned up, like, nice. Indian um, – or a, a, at the time, it was called Indi- – there's, like, the Indian Pact, like, Land Pact or something. But it's obviously – it's Native, Native yeah. American. Um, he would, like, go and protect yeah. these colonies. And he essentially was, like, all of his stories or a lot of his stories and a lot of his, like uh, – the things that he had done were stolen and attributed to the Lone Ranger, a white character, uh, cowboy, domino mask. Like, you yeah. know, it's it's insane. It's insane. And you know, the you know the Watchmen show does a great job of like making a commentary about all of that, and it's beautiful. It's it's really yeah, moving yeah. stuff. Really yeah. moving. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. I think the show also it, it, one point that they kind of like draw that I think is really, really like interesting um, is like the, the end of the Watchmen series. The point of the end of the Watchmen is that like, it essentially world cheat world peace is achieved. Um, even if on the, on the back end, bad things had to happen to do it. It's like the end result. They like, they go out of their way to kind of say like, no, like the world is at like the, all of the countries has have agreed that they're going to form a better UN and they're all going to work together. And there's not going to be conflict because now they believe in the comics. They believe that there's alien interdimensional aliens who are a real threat. 
Um, and so mm-hmm. the question becomes, since this is based off of a sequel to the comics, it's like, with that threat gone, you know, what is the threat to society? You know, what is what is the threat to peace now that it's been achieved? And it, the show basically kind of draws out that it's like, oh, well, the lingering hatred that survives in like racism and, and oppression and, and uh, uh, things like that. It's like, it, it, it still festers. And even though and it's still, it never has gone away. And like, even if we achieve peace on a big scale, on a neighborhood scale, like things don't seem to be like, don't change. And it's mm-hmm. like, another big commentary kind of like on like the supposed victories of like the government and like the, and society and like how those victories still are only, uh, enjoyable and like appreciative, appreciable by people who are supported by that society. Whereas like people who are oppressed by that society, there's no reason for them to, um, focus on like, what like on what that society has like accomplished or like the the supposed peace because for them peace still doesn't exist and it's like it's i think that was the real like a real interesting look at it where it's like does peace is peace actually real and possible and where where does the the hatred bubble up from yeah how to obtain obtain it and like in in a setting place of america the hatred bubble bubbles up as in racism because that's like that is the the most prevalent form of organized hatred in America. It was, you know, I I really wish I watched it at the time. Um, well, no, I think the show came out in like 2019, completely premiered, and you know it dealt with you know mm-hmm. obviously like racial tension. There was a lot of like police um, police violence too. And then there's a point where like everyone, all the all the cops had to wear masks, um, and yep. the, yeah, the fucking right. next year after that, the, the whole that. pandemic, the whole pandemic <laughs> happened, and it really True. like there was so there yeah. was so much of like oh there's just such a a strange well not strange Truth not strange uh, there's such a civil unrest everywhere, you know, uh, it, mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's uh it's yeah. great great. Um, I've, it just I feel like if we've more mentioned, accurate. yeah, I was gonna say it's just like we've mentioned with many different media, like in this episode and previous. It's just unfortunate that these things are still relatable. Yeah, like yeah, you know, it's like these movies made years ago, like do the right thing, still relatable. Honestly, you can equate that same thing to COVID with like the rise of like the tension in the movie, equating that to the rise in tension of COVID as well as like racial. So it's just unfortunate that that's like the way, um, but I, you know, to, I guess end on like a positive note too, it seems like there's been, um, you know, we only talked about movies, TVs and, um, (laughs) TVs, uh, and comics this really, but -hmm. like, I, you know, I did look into video games and like a bunch of other like things and it's kind of cool when you see originally, actually, I kind of wanted to have this episode be kind of like, uh, vertical slices from like. 2040s 50s 60s like looking at everything forward but i kind of felt like they got kind of little too much as well like it'd be really surf like surface level at that point yeah maybe we'll do like one decade at a time in like future episodes or something but um yeah i'd be happy to do a whole jazz episode oh i'm down (laughs) to i'm down to listen 
Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like a walk through jazz would be kind of fun. But yeah, sorry. Go oh, ahead. no, I'm I'm down. No, I was just <laughs> I wanted to just say share though that it's like, you know, seeing seeing all this doing the research, you know, watch I watched a lot of different like black creators on YouTube or on like websites kind of talk about like this progression and how things are growing and how things have improved over time through media um, you know, and that there's, you know, these there's still this discourse and there's still these like elements that are brought up like through media, like of racial tension of, you know, stealing like others cultures for like profit or for just whatever means. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it's also important to have that because that kind of, for one, we don't forget like the, like what's happened in the past, but it also just kind of keeps that stuff in the spotlight and kind of just kind of helps steer us towards, you know, Mm -hmm. like getting that peace and that equality and, fairness um equity. you know we don't want to just be like stagnant with like oh we got like a first black guy in uh, or black woman in a comic book we're good we're done yeah. you know that's not the end that was a, um, yeah, i feel like that was a big reason why like all the things i was I, I i brought up were like and i still wish that they could focus in and do a little better on how they represent this yeah. character i feel like they still could do better like almost oh, definitely <laughs> yeah i mean yeah like it's it's interesting seeing like even video games like have the same tra- trajectory like arch you know yeah. and it just started in the 70s rather than the f- 30s or 40s whatever mm-hmm. it's it's interesting but yeah like i said i want to kind of maybe for next time we'll go del- delve into different medias um oh yeah i do have a too. quick little mm-hmm. i do have a little quick uh quiz oh, this won't be cool. that qu- like a uh, competition it, it, it won't be as competition but it's you know um what I'll do is I'm going to basically give you a category. I'm going to name three things in those categories. And then you can kind of just buzz in and t- take a guess at what that commonality is in that category. And it won't be that like it's African-American characters or something, you know, it's going to be right. something like a related, but not just that. Just that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like if they are all African-American characters or whatever, it's related through another means as well. So for yeah. example, I'll try to start with an easy one. Um, so here's the three is us tales from the hood and ganja and hess so if you want to buzz and let me take a guess uh, at buzz? What that. yeah Neat. um wait oh, no never mind okay us, you know, i can repeat tales too, from the hood yeah. and oh, yeah. so ganja and hess what what do those movies have in common us being um Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want, I can give you the answer for this one as like a. Yeah. Example. What's the answer? Yeah. Do they all have yeah. uh, one of the same actors. Mm-hmm. No. No. Or yeah. No. I don't think so. I doubt it. Um. So this one for was an example, and it's just they're all direct. They all have black directors in their in horror movies. Oh well, yeah. Like okay. they're all black directed horror. That's movies. what I thought. Yeah, I thought, I thought that's that what you just. just the, that's what yeah. you just said was not going <laughs> to be the thing in comedy. Well, it's not gonna, it's, if I say three black characters, it's not like they're black. It's like there's something they're black and this. If that makes sense. No, <laughs> that's what I meant. Sorry. I mean, all right. We'll so what it. about <laughs> Spider Man, Aqualad, Captain America? They so all buzz. Yeah. yeah. These are all characters who have. These are all characters who, a black character has taken up their mantle. Yes. Black legacy characters. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna try try a couple. I have like a couple more. Yeah. Okay. 
uh last two basically i was just trying to figure out the order of like difficulty um so this one is zach eddie gordo balrog uh buzz zach fighting game characters black fighting game characters yeah do you want to get a little bit more specific there's or jim leonay if you want to take a guess if gilding can't there's something a little bit more specific but that you're right otherwise uh something more specific yeah so zach eddie gordo balrog were they uh, fighting game characters voiced by black actors? Uh, not that I'm aware. No. That's not what I'm okay. looking for particularly, I guess. Uh, so for this one, these are actually the first uh, playable black ca- fighting characters in their respective ah, series. So uh, in you know, their games, that still. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, the last one, which is might be a tough one: Blood Braid Elf, Blorbian Buddy. And cultivate Puzz. Oh yeah, these are all Puzz. Oh. <laughs> uh, MTG <yep>. cards. <laughs> but can you get more specific? They were made by black artists. Yep. Ding. Perfect. Those yeah. three are also. It's funny. I was actually having a hard. I mean, I'm not an MTG player, but when researching like black artists in MT, like it was really hard for me to figure out where they, I'd find a list of names, and I'm like, gotta I don't Google, Google all of them. <laughs> Yeah. yeah that's kind of like how artists are in general for mtg sometimes it's hard to hunt them down true a lot of them don't have pictures too so i was like i don't want to assume obviously <laughs> yeah. um but actually funny enough all three of these are i would have also accepted it seems like they're all from the same like pack it's just called secret La- secret layer which i guess is a highlighting of african-american artists oh specifically i think they also um yeah magic has done a bunch of stuff like that that where they've uh they also did a uh secret layer or i guess this is before secret layers were called secret layers but they did um mm-hmm. the uh secret layer black is magic product where That's they one. yeah where they That's redesigned the a bunch of cards with both uh black creators doing the art and um subjects in them who are all people of color so yeah, it's like uh That's... yeah that's cool. Yeah, I saw. That. I thought it was called Secret Layer, but that's why I was like, I don't, I, yeah. Yeah, Secret Layer is just the magic. name for their for their just special releases in general. Gotcha. Uh, okay, okay. But yeah, no, that was a just like I said, just a little fun game. I wanted to throw at the end, just kind of, you know, keep people guessing, kind of give also some categories for or options from each category. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So, uh, you know, all that being said, where can um people find y'all and make suggestions for other like african-american content like um or you know african-american curated content absolutely i mean uh mine's always just jim leader nate if you want to find me on any any socials or anything i'm the same username on everything so jim leader nate um honestly i have a lot to go watch even just after our own the ones you guys brought up so always down for more suggestions yeah i was thinking of watching black Klansman after this it sounds fun Hell yeah! Shit, I'm down to join you sometime. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, if you don't, if you don't, we need to watch it right now. Oh, of course. I'm down to join next time, but if, feel free to watch it. Thank you. Yeah. Do you want to go? Oh damn! I Where thought I would. You, uh, you can find me yeah. at Gibble Dang. We're all be <laughs> Gibble and Dangin over at Instagram. Um, yeah, yeah. More or less, more of the same stuff. You know, custom action figures, clips from this show. Yeah, yeah. Take it away, Dollar. Nice. Nice. Yeah, and uh, to wrap it all up, you can follow me at dadala.art on Instagram. Just, you know, posting a bunch of art stuff. 
Um, yeah, and you can also follow the K, uh, KDI um, Instagram at No Dumb Idea. We also got YouTube going on. We got you know Spotify. We got Apple Podcast or yeah Apple Podcasts, um, as well as a few other like more like minor ones. But you know, follow us like a, like where you can comment where you can. Uh, it's much appreciated. Um, yeah, thanks again for listening. Thank you. Peace out.